0: To
1: anything, keep <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah. That's good. So we are live as the bombs are bursting in Crimea. Um, with Amy yeah, Therese, that, have
0: they actually set off bombs. I'm <sighs> in my bunker in Sydney, Australia.
1: There, I mean, we, there are reports of explosions that are being heard and seen from Kiev. So it looks like there's a full scale invasion underway over there. Um, But uh, that's, uh, we're connecting through the opposite over the opposite uh, part of the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to talk to you, Amy. We, I went on What's Left. Amy, first of all, is the host, co-host of the What's (laughs) Left podcast with Oliver Bateman. It's probably one of the best, if not the best, um Aww. i you know political analysis current events analysis podcasts in the world it's on patreon
0: thank you
1: find it at what's left it's really it you know i mean it's it's both stylistically uh singular because of the way your your particular voice has a certain quality of like uh, a certain type of like singing quality that somehow that peers <laughs> through. I mean, I was listening to I was listening to your appearance on TPN from a while ago, a year ago or whatever, two years ago. Yeah,
0: I saw you post about that. <laughs> yeah. That was very funny.
1: I, I was amazed at how like and it was like 4 a.m. and I'm walking and I, I my AirPods had been deactivated so i was just listening to it on speaker and your voice was just ringing through franklin and it felt so like weirdly crystal clear even though
0: through passing through all these filters (laughs) yeah that's so bizarre it's yeah it's really funny i've never particularly liked my voice but i think like americans tend to like get a bit more novelty value (laughs) yeah like um, when I traveled in the States, especially, like, um, it was particularly Californians who used to say, like, oh, your voice is so sexy. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? I sound like a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, <laughs> like, they are. My grandma used to call our house when we were growing up and, like... She couldn't figure out if it was myself or my younger brother. <laughs> 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 my voice has just never been anything i found particularly.
1: <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I
1: can assure, as, as wrong, I told you, yeah. as I told you when I came on What's Left, I believe I told you this, um, I can assure you that you turn many, many an online discourse uh, gentleman into a 12-year-old boy uh, in, in, uh, <laughs> Enthral with you. I mean, you few will admit it because you because you 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 anger so many of them, but they have a I, w- I would wager that ninety nine percent of uh, the kind of like the spurgy uh, online tweet tweet all day uh, dudes who are straight have Amy Therese fantasies. I can I would <laughs> bet everything I have on that. Um, it's so obvious, and I yeah, know exactly like- what.
0: It's this weird like um like Madonna horror binary like I like they have their sort of Madonna figures in like a o c and uh like Liz Brunig, these type of characters, like the good girls, supposedly, and then they sort of like pitch people like Anna or myself as like the bad girl that they're allowed to like be aggressive and horrible to,
1: <laughs> yeah well but the aggression and the horror is is sort of like uh is sort of an uh a reaction of impotence of of they I mean they, they kind of have a they want to be dominated and they yeah, have funny. this they're not of course of course they're not I don't think they're fully in in uh, honest about this desire of theirs because if you are that type of guy you kind of you have a you have a fetish for wanting to be dommed. and you, you you actually do dom them <laughs> online unlike Liz Brunegg and unlike what these other people who are just ultimately kind of just you know, mild figures, really. Um, However, however much clout they may have and however much that might empower them, um, they're not intellectually potent people. Uh, But you and Anna obviously are. And you are especially, you know, active online to this day, unlike Anna, uh, you're like, and and just in general, I mean, you know, I think of you as kind of like this high priestess of... Of discourse, truth, <laughs> and of 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 just very unapologetic and very uh, unfazed analysis of everything that passes through uh, at least Twitter. And from your podcast, you can tell everything that meets you kind of like in the world of current events outside of Twitter. But I'm I want to get into this a little bit because I'm still, even though we've now known each other for months and I, and it was October when I went on what's left to talk about the comedy kind of state of comedy and Chappelle and all that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had a great time. Um, but you know, other than knowing, other than seeing, there's something that there's something I want to, I want to kind of get into your like biography because for me, as I <laughs> as I described, I came for, like I started going online, you know, once the pandemic hit, and eventually I found my way through Red Scare into this into kind of this world, the one that we were most kind of deeply enmeshed in right now. And it, at the yeah. time, you were banned, I think, when when I started <laughs> to get into this world.
0: Oh, bad the first amy
1: therese account was ghost of amy therese or or some right, version okay. of it yeah
0: so that would have been like literally almost precisely like yeah like just just on two years ago because I i i got banned in january 2020 yeah so okay
1: yeah so you got banned in january 2020 and that's and I early early
0: account at the beginning like literally very beginning of april
1: and that's about yeah that's that's about when the, the i would have started to get into this cuz i it wasn't until the pandemic was official that i and it wasn't until a few months into the pandemic being official that i really yeah. went deep and so the ghost of amy was the yeah, first that makes one sense. yeah uh, so I even, didn't
0: Even in March, they were still sort of denying it. Like I remember in early March, I see it was like complaining about people being racist towards like not patroning Chinese restaurants shit like this. Like it wasn't till like mid to late March that they began actually like taking it seriously. I think
1: it was like it was like that. It was also there was the George Floyd kind of. Uh, oh, that was yeah. the that was an act late break, day. you know. Yeah. Th- that yeah, went yeah. everything went crazy after that. And it was before that, it was still, I don't know how long this lasted because I wasn't in this world at the time, before George Floyd, actually. I mean, I was I was kind of like, I had, you know, the, I was a normie account follower. I, I followed Anna, I followed Glenn Greenwald, this kind of world, you know, Sernovich. Um But mm-hmm. the deeper cuts didn't start until I remember distinctly because I think it was also Jack, I heard for the first time sometime in June or July is when I first came upon his at least his voice you know and 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 otherwise it was just kind of random accounts floating through my timeline and then i followed you for months afterward as ghost of amy got banned and then whatever new one you started got banned
0: (laughs) yeah sticky shoe (laughs) sticky shoe got
1: banned uh yeah sticky shoe i remember that got banned and then like just the 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 kind of you know just it was like a it was like whack-a-mole with your accounts through those months yeah yeah, and
0: especially towards that very end there because they were like so um they were so insistent on like trying to they really like there was actually a proper op that was trying to just basically wreck my podcast and wreck me and make it so that i couldn't like basically exist at all and so, yeah, that's what, it, like, when it really ramped up toward the end there, it was just like, holy shit, I can't deal with this. So I just decided to be full Spurgy and just, like, keep annoying them just to, like, show that they can't win, if that makes sense, like, more than anything else. <laughs>
1: Well, so let me start before we get into the bands and before we get into the present day, c- can you like give me what? a sense of how you became Amy Therese like where did it where did your career as a writer and a thinker mm-hmm. begin? like w- at what point did this all begin? Because I know you have a storied history, but I'm not quite sure what it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, <laughs> well, I didn't really like I didn't really grow up like um extremely online. If that makes sense, like I never did Tumblr or any of that crap. Um I never like really I don't know, I got social media like the first time I got it, I was already like I'd finished school. Like in college, and I just used basically like Facebook for people that I knew from real life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I'd never sort of used it, and I'd never like made friends on the internet, if that makes sense. Like, I'd never talked to random people on the internet, like, all yeah. through growing up at all.
1: Neither um, did I, yeah.
0: So Yeah, yeah. And I I think this is pretty typical for people sort of in our age range, but as soon as you get even just like a tiny bit younger, there's like people who've like had a very like rich, like imaginary world life of like sort of online discourse communities of a kind. I mean, there were some people who did this who were sort of our age range or a tiny bit older. But they were definitely, I think, more the exception than the rule. Like people who were using like posting boards and stuff in the 90s, like that was pretty rare. Anyway, whatever. Um, the point being, uh, it wasn't till sort of like I think it was late 2017. Um, I was just like killing time at work. I'd had a Twitter account since 2009, like just ever since I sort of heard about it. I was like, oh, maybe I'll. Go on that but i never really used i only ever used it to like make snarky comments about australian politics in relation to this terrible australian show called q a which is like <laughs> the most annoying it's like a panel show but oh, imagine yeah. like the most annoying people uh, yeah yeah like imagine the most annoying people in like politics and culture do a panel show and, like, occasionally the audience can ask questions and then they, like, they run tweets across the screen when you, like, say stuff and use the hashtag, the relevant hashtag. I don't know if this is still a thing that happens with TV anymore, but, you know, in that sort of, like, clunky phase when, like, old media and new media are first starting to, like, figure out how they can interact, if that makes sense, like, where they'll be like, now you can we'll pick the best tweets from this hashtag and, like, run them across the screen.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, like, there was a...
0: really <laughs>
1: uh, did you ever get on were your tweets ever featured on the show
0: yeah a couple of times they're mostly yeah. i think too caustic <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's mostly well not was...
0: caustic but like, i don't know no i've always found the things that i say are sort of like uh, people like don't quite get it at first they'll be like what And then eventually, like, I can sort of clarify further and then it might make sense to people. But I used to find this actually in university very much and high school too. So, like, as much as I was surprised at the eventual vitriol online, I was not surprised that, like, um, that people found me a little bit, um, a little bit strange, if that makes sense. And I don't mean this in some sort of, like, fetishized transgressive way. Like, I don't think that my beliefs are actually particularly... I don't think they're transgressive or, like, super weird or anything like that. I'm not attached to that as some kind of, like, identity marker or whatever. But I just I found, like, sometimes perhaps the way I frame things or the angle I come at things from it has, I think, for a very long time often been, like, a weird angle. So, like, I didn't – I wasn't that perturbed by people sort of find me strange. Um I mean, it, it's interesting
1: yeah. because I, I was curious what, how you identified your, I can, cause I can obviously, you know, I'm, I'm aware of the Amy Therese show now and I've caught, I've <laughs> caught on. And I was, I, I was similar. I wasn't, I, I wasn't weirded out at the beginning so much as I was like, I was occasionally baffled at your, at, at when you would go after certain people, whom in my then normie understanding of Twitter were just like goofy jokesters, wise, cra- wise cracking Irishmen, you know, of the Sean McCarthy variety yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And I would yeah, just yeah, like,
0: yeah, 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 totally. who I,
1: who my, for example, would, you know, I'd, he, he's again in this, like, part of this world of of voices that i didn't know existed and and i was almost i was appreciative to find all of these voices who seemed to be unwoke and from any angle like i was like i, I bernie yeah, people totally. all these people i was at, at first charmed by the whole thing pretty much and of mm-hmm. course as you, as you get deeper and deeper into it you start uh, you start accumulating annoyances and <laughs> you start yeah, noticing things but and i think
0: but, it's also like i think it's also very much like um not so much that anyone changes, but the context through which this is all playing out changes, like the the particular moment shifts and people have their little like alliances and branding decisions. And, and what I think is actively a very political process that occurs on there that um, sort of um, packs and cracks people together and apart. And so like as much as I, I don't have any personal beef with sean mccarthy in any way whatsoever um but i think that like it's sort of there are ways in which the discourse will sort of uh make people appear very similar in certain moments but the underlying precepts from which they're coming to whatever they're saying are actually fairly radically different but but you know a medium like twitter is um you know you just get it sort of get this like surface level like pastiche or like whatever, and it can seem like these people are uh, saying the same thing when actually, like, and this is, I think this is part of, like, me being such a spark, like, often what I would be saying would be almost the exact opposite of these people, but then people are looking at the two of us and saying, like, Oh, like they're they're the same. Like, why? Yeah. What's the disagreement? And right. you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, which straight,
1: I yeah. Which is where I was. Yeah. Which is where I was. But but let's get let's like work the because I'm I'm always thinking of like yeah. I, I always like it's bringing uh, the idea of like in, inducting completely offline people into. Into these into these dramas that that happen online, Um, and so and in your case, the dramas always happen online because that's where you're you're just operating at high octane. So
0: how like uh, the other, I've I've learned now. Like I, I sort of it took me a minute to get there, but very much like the Amy Therese thing is like it's a like it's a it's a a brand, I guess in a way. Like it's I don't want. I, like I'm not. I don't want people to be under any illusions that like, like I, I, I'm like, the, my identity is it, like invested in that in some meaningful way. Do you know what I mean? Like people sort of like yeah. want to think they sort of like know a person just from the like, dumb shit they say. It's like, no. <laughs> well,
1: it's every th- I mean, is this something that everybody? I don't. I don't. I don't think people realize this until they get a taste of it themselves. But the minute that you're in any way no matter how minor not or matter how niche uh, a public figure that public figure the, the public figure of you is different from who you actually are like there is no yeah. way around, yeah, there yeah, is yeah. no way around this this by, this this dichotomy or this like whatever this separation because you're not yeah. i mean you're not the sum of your tweets
0: <laughs> no exactly yeah. and also like the thing is that like tweets are I think like a moment in time and like I always understand these things in this sort of like contextually embedded way and how things relate to each other but I find that so many people sort of the tweet is meant to be self-standing and they almost act as if you're sort of like violating an unspoken rule if you try to like integrate it within the fact of like who they are and like how this has implications beyond just you know the superficial thing that's being said right like they sort of act as if you're doing something unfair when you like attempt to contextualize the things they're saying and i think like really i think a lot of people um really do sort of just see it as this just like like none of it is supposed to be, be taken to seriously anyway yeah. yeah yeah i think so right.
1: Yeah. And that's that's an it's an interesting uh, kind of and I think many of them are just unconscious of their own little games uh, that they're playing. But nevertheless, (laughs) the games can be observed. They can be observed. And it's not just in the imagination, because literally when every single tweet you make, for example, invokes the murder of JFK you're up to you're doing something very specific you're playing a specific game when you have to filter all of your your kind of commentary by invoking 911 and JFK uh just to side yes. a r- totally random example that has nothing to do with anybody we mentioned but like that's a thing you know and there's also well, yeah I
0: mean people want to make this like it's some individual nefarious thing and i find that's the biggest thing i've just sort of i mean i've tried to be very well behaved and like less both less sort of um argumentative myself but also like not taking bait i just like fully don't um have any idea what the hell people are saying about me anymore and it's great like i have no idea and i just don't worry about it for the most part unless something happens to pop into my feed because I follow someone but like that's pretty rare these days um but like I just think there's uh, oh gosh sorry total brain freeze
1: oh no worries what I mean, mean brain, brain freezes,
0: freezes are just before well that. we're talking I
1: was talking about um I was talking we were talking about how like People like you, you were saying that people take it personally when you point out their oh,
0: yes, 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 yes. So it's like the idea of you saying that something has like certain political, like, for instance, I'm like. Very rarely am I saying, "Oh, you are sitting around at a, you know, at a brainstorming like, at a brainstorming table and figuring out your little personal brand and you're strategizing exactly how I'm going to simp the Democratic Party and the ways in which gonna I'm going to mystify like a Democrat shit-lib ideology in such a manner as to repackage it um, in a way that people will continually find appealing, but does not make it, you know, self-evident that like I'm riding with Biden." You know what I mean? Like, I am not, I don't, I think there are very few people (laughs) actively doing that. I mean, there are some, sure, but, like, for the most part, the platform itself um, and the social factors are what is actually, like, the things that shape this stuff are all implicit rather than explicit. And so when you sort of notice certain tendencies, the problem is that, like, you sort of quite often need to – point out like a very like you know there are certain very illustrative examples or like um accounts that are doing a particular thing and so like with a view to sort of explaining this particular like political uh phenomenon or sort of discursive phenomenon it can uh, the problem is that like there's it's very difficult if not impossible to sort of uh discuss that at any level of like um that doesn't just seem like beef like literally like and i guess this is me being super spurgy and i've tried to learn like i tried to sort of not be so much like this anymore but like it, it, it really is difficult to like have any kind of disagreement with anyone where like what follows is anything productive because people just interpret like all of it as beef like it's all in- interpreted through this angle of beef and it's just like oh gosh okay i well, guess this and- is actually uh, like part of it you sort of have to you can't just like i can't just keep complaining and saying like oh i'm not trying to like p- you know make it personal like at a certain point you just have to sort of recognize this is the nature of the medium and there's like a limited extent to which you can actually make a. Uh, especially political points so I've sort of tried to do that more on the podcast than sort of like pick pick arguments with those idiots at least the last year or so <laughs>
1: i mean it's also i feel like it's also it's always hard to separate where people are taking kind of offense at your aggressiveness with the fact that they have they are simply insecure like i mean
0: yeah probably. here's a perfect
1: there was a perfect example I think recently
0: people are pretty insecure and pretty dumb on that platform like these people oh yeah these people are dumb as fuck
1: i've never so, been like, so yeah, yeah absolutely
0: thinking like i don't know something about me i just don't like i don't care i from the moment i got on that platform i just like pick arguments or just disagree with like big famous people with big accounts why would I give a shit like who cares just disagree with them you're not you know like I didn't realize that the way people played the game was by like sucking up and shit because mm. that's just not how I look at the world and I wasn't looking at it as like a like branding or whatever thing um I mean I need to be more conscientious of that now to not like you know uh, alienate myself so thoroughly that like i end up being banned again or whatever but like <laughs> the, the whole like simping the whole simping factor in the way that people just like bite their tongues all the time and say all this like dumb shit with a view to sort of fitting in i don't know i just never really cared um at least in terms of like i'll just like disagree with anyone i don't think that anyone's smarter than me just because they have like bylines or whatever who cares these people are dumb and they're saying dumb shit so i'll just disagree with them like what's it matter but then yeah it turns out that a lot of these people are like um it's almost and this really was the part that i did find weird it's almost as if like a lot of these people were very like actually shocked and outraged and offended and like sort of taken aback at the very idea of anyone disagreeing with them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking specifically now like media libertards, this is yeah, a the guys that I don't really argue anymore. Yeah, but like the blue checks especially a few years ago, like when you have a small account, I think they're also far more like when I had a small account, they're more inclined to like have a like disagreement with me sort of on the merits or whatever and I think also the tone has changed like a few years ago you could actually still just disagree and someone would have a discussion whereas now I just find it's all just like these like stupid refrains that avoid the point and stuff whereas like in 2017-18 there was a brief window there where there was actually some sorts of discussion going on but it feels very much now as if that's just not really the case well know.
1: which is all the more um i think it's all the crazier just because we're we're talking about when we're talking about these accounts that amy goes to battle with or just simply disagrees with we're talking about accounts who are 100 percent full-time dedicated to capital d discourse um they're not we're not talking about normal people we're not talking about like everyday regular people who spout an opinion here and there in between pictures of pot roast
0: never never seem to understand is that for all my willingness to be disagreeable it was always and i don't mean this to sound corny or whatever but i can deal with corny i really like really my thing was always like disagreeing with someone who had significant amounts of like influence and power and usually had like um you know a staff writer gig at one of these like very prestigious elite liberal publications and the thing that i found so fucking weird is the idea that like that that sort of gig did uh, this is the one thing that really shocked me is the extent to which these people uh like don't associate their roles in these incredibly powerful, prestigious institutions with any kind of, like, public-facing responsibility. Or I should say, I guess there's, there has been, I suspect, a shift in the way that um, one's loyalty to those institutions is sort of performed and signalled. Sort of in the past, that would be done through, like, not being, like, um, a disrespectful, like sort of uh, like rude and feral (laughs) like not being feral in public not like sort of bringing yourself and your publication into disrepute by being just like totally obnoxious and disgusting and telling lies and bullying people right like this is so strange but like I I, I actually think increasingly like uh, no that's what they're hiring these people to do you know so like that it's not that they're not being sort of it's not that they don't associate their role with responsibility it's just their responsibility to those institutions confers a totally different set of things than sort of or actions than someone like myself sort of naively anticipated prior to sort of becoming acquainted with these types of people like does the extent to which they're just like disrespectful and awful and dismissive and just like demeaning and like just dumb as well like really dumb really rude and just like don't seem to give a shit about like the things that they say and how false they are it's so weird it's really weird i mean i'm used to it now but it's
1: it, it yeah it's it's people who if you're if you're not if you haven't been following the people that amy's talking about right now like if you haven't if you don't know what we're talking about in terms of the kind of people who are affiliated with, you know, magazines and all these things have blue checks by their names, Jacobin
0: and, and stuff. Jacobin, and yeah. Like- but, but like the emerging left that's now like very settled into those institutions, it was sort of like in their formative years that I was still coming about and like looking at the things they're saying and doing and just being totally unreasonable and ridiculous and I'm like, but how can you do that? That's not right. Like, And, th- and that was the other thing. It was also in the time of all these witch hunts that kept getting whipped up. And so because I was like doing law at the time and like just had a very like... I, I've always thought of myself. I'd always thought of myself as a leftist, um, but also like had a very strong commitment to very basic, like uh, you know, banal liberal principles such as freedom of speech and association and the presumption of innocence. Like very basic shit that I just thought was such a like no-brainer, unequivocal. Like we all. This is just such a like thing that's foundational to a fun- like our society. Um, that the idea that these people in these like, you know, horrible witch hunts where like it would be, you know, that was like in 2017s when it started when they had this like, you know, they hunted this guy, Danny Fatante out of a DSA chapter because he'd done work as a like union organizer. He'd done work briefly at one time with Cleet, which was like I, sorry i can't remember the specifics there's so something to the effect of like he had at one stage briefly done something that was to for a union that contained police right so he, uh. so they literally start calling this guy a cop hounding him out of um the dsa blah 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 this guy's literally like he'd been a huge Sanders supporter and like you know had a 40 year track record in public life as a union organizer like literally this is the kind of person who you like your organization ought to cherish like not just because like or uh, you know these sentimental notions of like respect or whatever but also simply because like this person has connections and experience that you know you get, that you can learn a lot from if nothing else like even in a purely self-interested like surely even at a purely self-interested level like this person's going to be very helpful to you but nope that they like hunted him out and i just i don't know i find bullying and like injustice just like ticks me off like if you want to have a fight have make it a fair fight but these people don't play fair and it sounds so corny but like me too was the same thing like just making these like wild accusations and like ruining, potentially ruining people's lives. I just find this so objectionable. It like, was very clear and, you know, from
1: the, it was very clear. It, it just
0: f- seems so fucking obvious from the yeah. beginning. Like this was yeah. something that needed to play out for a bit before you took issue with it. Like, ugh.
1: It was, I mean, I, I you know, it, it. it's hard for, I think, I think it's really hard for like regular, both li- like boomer libs and conservatives to appreciate, to the point where they still haven't quite appreciated, how abandoned our basic liberal assumptions were. Um, sometime yes. around 2014, 15. I mean, you could always trace it to Trump, but it was at, it was in the works long before Trump.
0: It wasn't Trump. That's, it wasn't, it
1: wasn't Trump. Trump. That's the part that yeah. people people think that oh, no, Trump, once Trump. Trump literally.
0: What? Trump literally like endorses the most basic liberal principles, and then they all cry and call him a fascist. It's because right. they'd moved away from those principles. The, That's and, literally and, what happened.
1: And he exposed them in, in like, the full, he ex- basically, he just, he, he called them out kind of in the way you do, except in his particular style, and I think but that was what was better, so unbearable. He's
0: more succinct. He's more, like, like these bloody narcissists, they love their words salads, and someone who will take them at face value and engage with them in, like, a serious or sincere manner is, like, that's actually, like, that just still benefits them in the long run, whereas someone like Trump is just like, no, you're fake news. Like yeah. That is actually, like, even just from a psychoanalytic point of view, that's actually the only way you can deal with these, like, psychotic narcissistic goblins. Like, you can't actually have conversations with them. The only thing you can do is just be like, no, sorry, no. Well,
1: you, you can't bring a traditional... Uh, knives or guns to a ghost fight and you're literally fighting it like you yes. need the Ghostbuster yes. whatever those Ghostbuster fucking th- uh, things were that they that they shot out whatever's you know like uh, supernatural uh, ghost blasting energy that's kind of what yes. Trump, Trump yes. brought to, the, these brought to MFs, the
0: fight these MFs fights so are fucking dirty man and then they, they have this like magical ability to invert reality in the way it's presented and like I, there was like a little while there where I really struggled with it, not in terms of it personally making me feel bad, but just like the, the, the adeptness with which like you'll do or say something that seems to your mind like perfectly reasonable and legitimate and then to suddenly you just have this total like online swarm of sociopaths like um making you like the worst person alive and like also being like a bit of a naive idiot i would sit there going hang on like is there... like i would try to figure out the ways in which sort of um like what i was doing wrong in what, like to one degree or another and it really took a little while for me to finally realize like no actually like that's not that it, it wouldn't matter at a certain point because it's it's not the way you're phrasing it it's not like you know what i mean like they're actually like they're objecting politically to what you're saying like and they're just trying to shut you up
1: right they're just trying to shut you up because they they were not they were not raised they were not prepared for adult uh adult intellectual combat or even just simply behavior not
0: what they see yeah that's totally like not what this is at all that's yeah that's i think that's exactly it It, it's just daycare by other means
1: it's day daycare by other means for old for people who are too old to be in fucking daycare and that was clear from the you're one of the few people from the left who clearly saw this i mean because who else is there i mean i'm looking around like from the left yeah like I mean, so- I mean there are people there are people who are nominally on the left because that's just what everybody of a certain kind of, uh, you know, like I'm, you know, if you're Dasha Nikorsova, you're an actress. Of course, you're going to be on the you're going to find yourself on the left in casually when you don't really think about things, and then once kind of push comes to shove, you're going to start you're going to start scrambling. But you were on, you're on the left in terms of in a very you I mean you're a lawyer or I you really were.
0: Thought- but yeah, and like I thought also like I really naively and I now realize this is actually sort of part of the part of like big leftism psyop, psy-op that's been going on for like 100 odd years at minimum is like the idea that leftism, quote unquote, um, entails some kind of sort of, you know, uh, um, advancement or commitment to sort of just very basic notions of like um, a fair go for everyone. Like I know that sounds very Aussie, but just like my um, affinity, or at least what I thought was my affinity towards the left um, was actually an affinity for just this like this uh, phantom that the left rehabilitates constantly. But in actual fact, if you look um functionally at what the left is and does like this thing that they pretend to be about like the idea of them being sort of anti-war anti-imperialist um for sort of working people and um sort of you know uh dignity and uh like fairness this is not what they're about at all like so far from it and i think like honestly it was actually very illustrative being like people like to say all this bullshit online is not real life blah 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 sure that's fine but also like I think that honestly like the way that you like the ways in which these people are willing to do such like uh, actually like uh, sounds moralism but I think genuinely like immoral and wrong things to each other and to other people on the internet like I just think if you're a decent person, you don't actually do that. Like, sure, you can inadvertently get caught up in sort of, like, vibes and sort of, like, trends and whatever. But, like, the amount of stuff that I would see people do to each other that is just, like, the most brutal shit you've ever seen. It's like, this isn't isn't a joke and this isn't some place that's offline. You know what I mean? And I think it's only just now starting to really hit home to a broader... Um, A broader audience, the extent to which these people are actually doing real life things. Like, if you can't, um, you know, make a donation to certain types of protests, or if you can't um, protest a very, like, I think, fucking ridiculous set of vaccine mandates that fairly blatantly violate, like, you know, the Nuremberg Code, if you can't, like, attend a perfectly legal democratic protest against that without having your bank account frozen. Like this is the shit that these people have been doing for the past five years, creating like the discourse and the sort of like um, networked capabilities of this sort of just like horrible witch hunting. Like it really, um, I don't know, it, it's, it, it genuinely like of all the things that the, in a, like the fact that these people don't seem to have like a code or they don't seem to have breaks at all, um, scares the hell out of me because it's not as if they have breaks in the real world. It's not, I just, I refuse to believe the idea that just, you know, someone's a horrible person on the internet doing all these, like, horrible things. And then is just, like, a good and decent person in their, like, everyday life. Sure, you can be a nice person to your family, whatever. But, like, politically, this is literally something that you are actively doing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, you can't just, like coordinate off into this imaginary like oh it's just online it's not real life sorry look at the valuation of fucking twitter
1: yeah yeah no and it's not it's not it's no longer an excuse has that level
0: of value yeah it's just i just don't buy it at all anymore like and it never was legitimate to me anyway because like the people who run all this shit they know what it's for even if you're in denials like middle class midwit like that's the thing i do think a lot of these people actually are like fucking idiots and narcissists and they're just emoting on there but that doesn't change like the structural fact of what this particular like platform is and does and it doesn't take away from the political implications of the things you're using it for like i just think ruining people's lives um just because like one person made an accusation is literally like it's it's unconscionable i find it just so it offends every one of my sensibilities and I'm truly like saddened and shocked at the extent to which like my sort of peers, um, especially on the left, not anymore. I don't care anymore. Um, but like, it was very like a rude awakening over those couple of years from like sort of 2017 through to like 19 to see the extent to which like these people don't share those assumptions with me at all. Like they don't say they're,
1: they're 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 it's not just online when you consider that. I mean, I yeah. sat I sat and watched a a, a major, um, you know, a coddled Hollywood director, Amy Ziering, who did the <laughs> film The Hunting Ground. Uh, that was a documentary about campus rape that got that had the song by Lady Gaga. Uh, it can happen to mm-hmm. you and that whole Oscar performance and everything. And I'm watching her on this panel. Talk about like n- scoff it with disgust at the concept of due process. Like she literally.
0: I, this is what killed me, especially being like the law factor as well. Just if it, it, it. I can't. Yeah, sorry. Please. I, yeah, no. I mean, but yeah. that's just like
1: that's not on. Oh. That was that was. I saw that in the flesh, and this person is an Oscar winning. Uh, filmmaker, and this was in relation to obviously Me Too, and this is like this is not, it's not and n- neither was neither were many of the things that preceded that built up to this the idea of due process
0: That's the other thing, that's the other thing that people don't quite realize is that this had actually been brewing on campuses, like first off, there was a spate of it in the early 90s, um but then it really began brewing again when sort of millennials went to college. This had been brewing for a long time. Like it it didn't just pop up. That's the thing people don't get about all this movement crap is that actually that it takes a, a like usually that by the time they pop into the media, it's like there's been a lot of like legwork, like groundwork happening on the ground before it's ready to pop. I mean, media I was eyes, if that makes
1: sense. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's what that's what I had been battling all through my kind of politically engaged youth where i i abandoned all political thinkings and everything around the age of 1920 because i figured like oh god this stuff is so fucking obvious other people can handle it i don't need to deal with it i want to pursue art i don't want to pursue because i feel like okay good people on both sides who accept the basic liberal assumptions of 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 our society and who have different you know ideas about Whatever social welfare, foreign policy, all these other mm-hmm. things—I don't mm-hmm. care so much about those other things. I care about the fundamentals, and if the fundamentals are mm. generally accepted, the free speech, are fine. right? Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. And I figured, well, okay, I'd been yes, battling that's extremists. Right. That's
0: exactly right. I agree yeah. with that. I think that's really it, and I think that's why a lot of people right now are finding themselves sort of rejecting all labels and shit because they're like. Um, I think, honestly, like a lot of the people that we have been, you know, in the last few years, maybe not so much the far left, but I think a lot of the people we call far right or getting called far right are literally just centrist. Like a lot of people who are just like most of us just believe actually fairly like uh, just agree on the fundamentals and think that the rest sort of, you know, filters out in the in the stream because there's only a limited amount extent to which politics can like or at least within that set of fundamental precepts there should be only a limited extent to which like um shit like radically shifts or like undermines fairly basic principles but this like leftist bullshit that's happened over the past decade has like i think really um unsettled um
1: well it's taken it's taken foundational aspects right the foundation has been removed so now you no longer yeah. have a reason to be, you have no, there's no reason to hold back because there's nothing that you're, there's nothing to preserve anymore. The foundation is gone. It used to be that, well, we need to, it's just like a state. I, like I
0: refuse to accept that. Sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I do think that actually there has to be, like you have to commit yourself to some set. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think? It's no, like I gone? agree
1: with you. I, I agree. I'm, t- I'm talking about how know. it's kind of it's reached tough. a point I think it's kind of the yeah. way it's reached a point to this, like like why it's gotten – I think the way people look at it, there are no foundations. Mm-hmm. I, stu- I do believe there are foundations that exist yeah. in reality because I think if you go – if you were to take people and divorce them of the most hysterical, flash-in-the-pan <clears throat> social pressures, they would, of course, agree – they would, of course, see common ground uh, at the foundational level. I mean, if you were to take people. I
0: think that's right. If you take people, go bushwalking for a week with them and just like be normal. I think uh, some of the ones who are like feral, they would like calm down. But I think some of these people actually are like um, Uh, fundamentally deranged.
1: They are fundamentally deranged, but here's how it goes. opportunistic as well well yeah and these are the people that you're you most target online which is great um because they are the these are the opportunistic
0: motherfuckers who are being totally disingenuous that kill me that's yes, what and really and triggers and me i get so triggered by liars like and they are the all face fucking liars
1: they're all cocksuckers to a man like they all yes they, the yes yes, yes that's the minute, it they're all
0: these like slimy motherfuckers they're yeah. just so fucking slimy and they so just they're like, so fucking so slimy the, and the sliminess that like kills me where it's just like i don't care like just own your bullshit like for example i i don't even mind the fact that there's like some considerable portion of people on the right who are like they they're ultimately they're interventionists okay i can i don't necessarily agree with you but i can see where you're coming from and i can respect that actually different people disagree and that's normal and i it's not for me to like i can't control everyone or like and i'm not going to hate people for disagreeing with me like grow the fuck up politics is fundamentally about disagreement it's not that that bothers me it's the fucking disingenuousness of like packaging it up in this like totally fake and gay um like I I think it's it's not just victimology it's like this idea that like these people who are doing atrocious things are also purporting to be doing this righteous shit and so you can't actually get people to see the brutality of what they're actually saying and doing. So it's like all hiding in plain sight in a way. That's what makes me, that's what I find crazy making is when people are doing horrible things, but they're so effective at the way they sort of couch it that people will be supporting them thinking they're supporting one thing when in actual fact, they're supporting something totally different. And I think a lot of the like, normie even even a lot of the just like suburban shit um supposed affirmation for black lives matter is basically like an affirmation of a very generic anti-racist principle or like colorblind principle or something to that effect like you know as in you know we don't want to be racist like being especially racist in like a like a politicized manner is not good and we don't really want that like that it was just such a like abiding like assumption through the 90s. And I just think that actually, like, Black Lives Matter just trades on that set of assumptions and is actually inverting them and right. doing something totally different. And that, Totally like, racist. It's when people are t- <laughs> yeah, it's when people are taking advantage, I think, of people's, like, morally righteous instincts and weaponizing them against them to actually push a political agenda that totally undermines those very things that people think that they're supporting. Do you get what I mean? Like I truly believe that most people, if they saw like what the, like what the left actually believes and what they're trying to do and what they're actually doing, I don't think most people support most of it, but it's only because of their capacity to, like uh frame it in these like crazy ways or like you know take people in these like uh, totally hysterical um like um, interludes through media that like that allow this like (laughs) maybe like mass formation psychosis or whatever (laughs) to sort of like actually like really i think do very real damage to the body politics sorry i sound so corny like i think that most people are are not racist and like we actually like black lives matter is fucking racist and i don't like that i don't like racism and that's why i object to this shit like it's not because i'm a white supremacist and it's also
1: it's not even that they're racist i mean it's it's like the racism the whole whole racism conversation it's it's all a stalking horse it's just that they're they're an unjust power they're a yeah, fake it's power that's what like, I don't yeah. like
0: about it it's unjust and it's it's brutal and it dominates people and just I, I do think that like the like ironically like the cruelty is not the point but actually i do think there's a very real like very like latent and sometimes not so latent sadism um at work there and that i think is also another thing that sort of it did surprise me and I must say we there has been a very limited extent to which that um, has been a part of Australian politics. I, there's elements of it now but really I do think that sort of like psychotic hatred of, you know, like flyover chuds or whatever you want to call it, like this, um, I think it's quite extreme. Like there's a very extremist element ver- um, throughout the, the o- like
1: the overarching normative
0: liberal thought like not even not even like within some far-flung leftist but like actually what's now normative among liberals is some shit that I find like really uh, actually quite objectionable at a very like core level
1: well it was a it, what it, what it's the way it looks to me and and this goes in cycles and as you said it's been 100 years and more cuz the book we yeah, the book sure. i told you about to the, the book i asked you to read a chapter of for this conversation is was written in 1914 oh my God. And, Amazing. And, and like Amazing. and you know and it and the phenomenon it addresses had already been uh, uh, happening for centuries but the, but the way that the, the way that our particular kind of political battleground has been char- our, our, our spiritual political ba- battleground has been charted i think is truly defined by the concept of that book which is resentment i don't know how to pronounce it the the the, the proper way Resentible. but resent resent them all yeah which yeah. is not quite resentment it's not quite the english the english word resentment no, no, it's, else. it's yeah. deeper than that it's deeper than that
0: it's more like yeah
1: According to the definition on the cover, it says denotes an attitude which arises from a cumulative repression of feelings of hatred, revenge, envy, and the like. And the phenomenon is specifically that when we, th- this, it's, it's it, in the chapter I assigned to you, which is called, um, I assigned to you, uh, it's called uh, Resentiment <laughs> and Modern Humanitarian Love. And it... It covers exactly the sort of scheme that w- that you you you've been describing just now, which is this this projection of supposedly charitable agendas as a cover and as a means by which to achieve hateful hateful bullshit like it's a it's a power it's all in the name of power and it's all and it come and the support it gathers is not out of love it's out of hatred and that's what defines so many yes. of i mean we saw humanitarian is sort of a, a at this point of a, a goofy foppish word but it does exactly describe the entire industry of you know democrat politics by way of virtue by by way of a uh, uh, kind of like do-goodery, uh, it's it's all that is the 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 equation that this that this thinker whose name is um, Scheller. Max Scheller. And, and Resentiment was first coined by Nietzsche. Nietzsche and this book is kind of a this book is kind of a, a an argument is an elaboration of the of the concept and especially as to distinguish it because Nietzsche kind of put Nietzsche Nietzsche condemned Christian love as as a as yet another kind of force of resentment and the the argument Scheller has throughout this book is that Christian love that resentment that the that humanitarian love the kind of love the so-called love that resentment produces is not at all the same as Christian love, even if they have uh, cro- even if they they have overlapped at various points by various institutions. Uh, so that's kind of his running argument in this book is to kind of save the concept of Christian love, in his view, obviously the the truer the truer kind of love from the fake ass kind of love that humanitarians uh, uh, propound. So it's a that. Th- to me, this feels like the spiritual calculus of everything we're discussing. And we can t- we can I can get into some examples here um, uh, in, yeah, in a minute. Yeah, I think
0: I wonder whether, for, for people who have not read it, I would sort of, uh, just to sort of give an indication. I think very much that things like um, Alistair McIntyre and certainly aspects of Christopher Lash as well um, have very much sort of tapped into um, some quite similar sort of critiques and then even also like uh other more contemporary writers um will sort of critique that like to uh, see this is the thing I find so strange and fascinating in terms of like just how much the there's aspects of like sort of just like generic libs and like lawyers who recognize um a lot of the things that are sort of objectionable in this. So, for instance, like, there's been a lot of critique of the notion of, like, um, the what's called R2P, an international law, which is responsibility to protect. And so, like, sort of throughout the 90s, this is being animated as, like, basically like a casus belli for, you know, starting wars of uh, humanitarian right. <laughs> protection, right. right? Like, so the idea that this is something... Um, like, this has actually been something that's been present in liberalism. I, I don't like to say liberalism as if it's a material thing, but certainly in the sort of, like, bourgeois leftist, like, whatever, for a long time. And I think, like, the extent to which it is just, just so, like, Django unchained right now of just, yeah. like, doing, like, like, I, I, and again, like, even prior to Shella, I very much think you have someone like uh, Marx or Engels sort of looking at um, charity and just like the fact that ultimately like like charity uh, takes um, like the, and they wrote quite a bit about this the I do that like charity pays back in a patient like but it in doing so it like it subjects a man and robs him entirely of his dignity you know what i mean like like you know the you know a system that is premised on like breaking people to a point where they're just like desperate fucking uh, pathet- desperate and pathetic and like they you know materially they might need some charity to subsist on but ultimately like that relation of the desperate worker Um, or, you know, desperate lump and prol or whatever to these sort of, like, affectatious, like, you know, charitable motherfuckers. Um, That's such a, like, repugnant relation that, like, it's not good. Like, ultimately, like, you're actually harming the people at the very time that you're claiming to be helping them.
1: Well, yeah, any charity that's that's not temporary and that's not... um, I mean, we're using charity now in the most, like, business in the most, like, pragmatic sense, like charitable organization. I mean, as as I've noticed, obviously, if you have a charitable organization and this is a meaningful part of your identity and existence, which is to do charitable things, you're turning good deeds and you're turning, quote-unquote, love into a commodity, um, and it's a type of thing, commodity, that you do not want to run out of customers for, as we can see. Nobody who works
0: yeah, for a nonprofit a strange...
1: organization wants to succeed all deep down. They may on the surface. Yeah, no,
0: no. The, purpose, the purpose of non-government institutions is literally if you go and look at their mission statement, like whatever they call like animating mission is, the actual function of the thing is to do the exact opposite. And it's, that's well, not even like. It's not even insofar as you can't get something that raises funds to actually solve problems. The point is to constantly be fundraising to keep solving quote unquote solving problems.
1: Yeah, and, and if you do have something that back? you, if you do have something that wants to solve pro, that that's looking to solve a problem or that has or that targets a. It ha- has a certain targets a certain element of life where let's say there's always going to you know a little some sort of charitable support will always be positive and never negative. Um, you they have a very difficult time raising any money. I mean I'm aware, I'm aware mm. of such organizations. Like if you have a really a truly like uh, bene- benevolent type of point of view, it's very hard to raise money because it because rich people don't get much of a kick out of that. And um, yeah, hey,
0: yeah, you need. To- and so of course, I should say like
1: before, since I'm, since I'm on the, since I'm, you know, since I am who I am, I have to say, like, the same thing applies not just to non-governmental organizations, but to governmental organizations and bureaucracies, which, as we can see, are erected yeah. and never, never stop wanting to grow. I mean, there's rarely a time when yeah, the director of a funny. bureaucratic agency is going to close shop on his own, you know?
0: No, that's not how it works. Um, but yeah. also, like, I think once you have, like, uh, administrators and the subsequent like you know the flow on lives that depend on an institution it may it it is no longer about like institutions just reproduce themselves that's how that that's how it is it's not like something that like People like it, it becomes a self perpetrating thing. Do you get what I mean? Like it's yeah, no longer even about that because what are the individuals going to come in, in each day and like have this like macro perspective that's like I'm not sure these institutions doing things that are in concordance with the original purpose. Well, but I know you go to work and you do your job. That's like how this shit works. It's not. I don't even think that this is like something that can necessarily be avoided. But, but, like, the idea of, like, um, I think maybe the idea is something to the effect of, like, um, the difference between sort of just, like, managing a thing versus, like, actually, like, intervening a in sort of targeted and discreet way to, like, um, initiate, I mean, to, to change a thing is very different than, like, managing a thing. Do you get what I mean? So, if you have, like, a narrow goal... <laughs> It's, like, plausible that you could, like, you know, create some kind of fucking intervention to, like, actually achieve just, like, a narrow discrete goal. It's a very different thing to be basically acting as, like, a social or administrative agency that, like, manages people. You know right. what I mean? Which is ultimately, like, what all these are doing.
1: Yeah, they all become – and even if, you, even if you install a, you know, some, some fresh blood to clean up, to, 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 to mainstream the whole thing and to clean it up and everything, they're going to face massive – massive well, you're ultimately
0: uh just renewing it You're just renewing. well it. you're
1: renewing it and 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 they're gonna face massive like pushback from all of the kind of entrenched uh kind of career bureaucrats in that department you know it's like every it's like the plot line of every of every single one of these efforts it, i mean it's it was even an underrated plot lo- underrated motivation for the cia's all-out war on trump which All right, folks, that's it for the free hour. Um, We go on for another three hours with uh, the inimitable Amy Therese. And to listen to that, please subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash filthy Armenian. There's a whole bunch of other uh, paywall premium episodes on there. And coming up, uh, we have a lot of exciting adventures coming up this month especially um the next one will be released in a week and then I'm, i'll be going to san francisco for some uh, for some goodies so anyway uh, thank you for listening and see you on the other side of the paywall goodbye